Welcome to the BPM cast. It is March 29th, 2012. My name is Will Here with me today in a crack cast, if I have ever seen one. Uh, Rob Akimian's here as usual. Yes. Eric right. Berg's here, also as usual. Yeah, they brought me back. And uh, Colin Joyce is back. Hi. And Chase McMullen's also back. Indeed. You were on. You were on for that Drake podcast that we had. A while I ago. was. I enjoyed that one. That was fun. Bashing Drake is always good. <laughs> and Colin was here for uh, the uh, Zach show. The Zach nice. show is a good name for it. <laughs> um, oh, that's right. You were on that one. Yeah, that's why I wanted to have him back because he barely got a word in because it was just me and Zach yelling at each other the whole time. Um, and Zach lying to everybody. Yeah, that was. Yeah, that was disconcerting. <laughs> Actually, at South by Southwest, we had some good times with that. I think... Rob, tell the story about the thing they did to you. Uh, one morning on South by Southwest, it was like the Thursday or something, we decided we wanted to get a jump on drinking early, so it was like 10 or 11 in the morning, and we decided to uh, start a drinking game where we had to just name a, a category of band names and then... Uh, and then you had to name a band in that category and go around in a circle. And if you took more than five seconds, you had to drink. So, for example, it'd be like animal bands, and you could say grizzly bear passing to the next person. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I can't even think of another. The pigeon detectives is the first animal band coming to my head. How embarrassing is that? Uh, so yeah, we had, we had like random ones, like bands with people's names in and stuff. And then they all went out for a smoke, and I don't smoke, so I stayed in. And then they came back in. And we carried on playing. And for some reason, I was starting to drink a lot more. And, and for some reason, it went on for like half an hour before they finally admitted they'd been making up band names for like a whole half hour. <laughs> I just like starting to get suspicious on certain things. Like like they had one with Tony Hawk. And I was like, there's no bands with Tony Hawk in the name. And Zach's like, I can name you five Tony Hawk bands. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know why I believed him. And then I finally called call him out and one of them said Fleet Foxes 2. <laughs> <laughs> and I was I was sitting there like writing like half uh, ear open. I was like, "What? I have not heard of any of these bands." Like, I just put it down to the fact that I grew up in Britain. I was like, "Oh, these must be like all ska punk bands that American teens like that I just completely missed." Yeah, it's like Sally Sally Field of Dreams and and Blue <laughs> Blue, Blue Patrick and stuff like this. And I'm like, oh, I don't understand. Okay, I believe it. I don't know why. But anyway. Let's talk about let's talk about the news this week. Um, right off the bat, Sir Rose finally announced their new album for May. What's it called? Altari, which means steamroller, and which uh, was it? Spin claimed was their easiest to pronounce album, but is it really easier to pronounce than Tack? No way. What about <laughs> how Vaughn, how I mean, is it pronounced Vaughn? Or even Vaughn? Vaughn. Yeah, even Vaughn. Yeah. Or how about just nothing? Whatever that is. <laughs> parentheses. Yeah, br- parentheses. <laughs> But that's Brad. difficult because everyone has a different one. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I mean, it was the last one that I have no idea how to say. It's like mayo. I just, I yeah, know. I just call it. I'm not going to try. It's like it's like three paragraphs long at least. <laughs> but uh, what did you guys think of the song that came with the album announcement? Silence. <laughs> Silence. <laughs> well, I'll go then. I'll go. I thought um, what, back when they first like announced that they were finishing or coming to finish their new album, they described uh, they described it as floaty and atmospheric. And now, having heard that song, I feel like floaty is like the perfect word for it. Um, 
it's a seven minute song but i still feel like it's a small part of a bigger whole i don't feel like it's really made to stand on its own so it's made me excited for the album but it's not a song i'm gonna go listen to on repeat by itself i actually i'll be honest i haven't listened to it yet even though <laughs> sigur ross is like one of my top five favorite bands of all time or whatever i don't know i just i i feel like after mio i'm a little bit wary yeah. Um, no, this is this is completely different to that. This is going back more towards the sound of okay, uh, parentheses. Oh, so, really? Yeah. Because talk, yeah, I, think, I like talk, but it's still a little bit of a watered down version of cigarettes. No, I, I think this is going. This is definitely going to be back more towards you know those two albums that yeah. everyone loves that I'm not going to try and pronounce. That's great to hear. Say, moving forward is always good, pretty much. I, I don't know. I was a big fan of cigarettes back around edges burn and parentheses, and I was kind of. I haven't even heard the new song either because I just kind of lost enthusiasm, I guess. Right. So it's it's good to hear that it's interesting. I'll have to check it out. I mean, I love that Jonesy album a lot. Oh, yeah. Um, go. Um, and that was kind of like, I almost felt like Mio was them trying to go in a more pop direction but not fully committing to it. And like, Go gave him the freedom to do that, which I, and I thought he did it really well without... I mean, still, you could tell it was from the lead singer of Cigarettes or whatever had that same kind of feel to it um, in a way. I don't know. And yeah. it's, yeah, but I'm so glad that they're going to go back to, I don't know. Yeah, I, I'd maybe, have to listen to it, but. Maybe if Eki Muck, the new song is a, is a represent, good representation of the new album, then I, I would say something along the lines of John C got all his pop out of his system with yeah. that album. And now they're going back to. That's what I'm hoping. Know, what else? Uh, Morning Benders changed their name. Yeah, it's a Just, terrible, terrible name. That is offensive. Don't say that. <laughs> pop, <laughs> etc. Did any of you guys know that that Bender was like a, uh, oh, a slang term for a, for a homosexual person? It's in, a homophobic. In, like, I had no idea. Yeah, I had no idea it was a homophobic slur. I I actually, like, I'm surprised what? by that. I actually thought that was like a worldwide thing. But, I mean, no one really says it anymore. I remember... Uh, Kids used to say it a lot when I was like growing up, and hmm. and like I was like nine or ten. But people, I barely hear people say it anymore. Like the first time I heard the name The Morning Benders, like I that was I thought about that for a split second, and then I forgot about it, and I haven't thought about it since. And I think since changing their name, that kind of draws attention to this fact, and I think it's kind of stupid, especially since they chose such a bad name. To, <laughs> oh yeah, to and also it ruins everyone's last FM plays. God, <laughs> hate that. <laughs> That's the most important thing. Certainly brings a new meaning to uh, Futurama. Yeah, I was gonna say that, that's where my mind goes. It's the only thing I think of when I hear Bender. I had no oh, idea. I didn't even. Yeah, that's true. Shit. Wait. Yeah. But... So they've got away with that. They've got away with that on Futurama for years, and a lot more people know about Futurama than the Morning Benders. So I don't understand why they felt the need to change it. <laughs> why do they call it going on a Bender then? That's just another way to use Bender. That's what it is for that for the Morning Bender. What did they change yeah, the name to again? It was something terrible, right? Like pop music, pop, pop, pop etc. Oh cetera. my god! That's and it's so all caps too. That makes fun look like a really good band name. It's hilarious. Like, <laughs> I, if, if, if they'd released the mixtape because the the, uh, the name change came under came up along with the new mixtape, I would have listened to it if they were still called the Morning Benders. But now they're called Pop etc. <laughs> I have no desire to listen to that. I hear you. Which is going to be frustrating because they're pretty good. It's going to be irritating. Yeah, I mean. Um, Big Echo was amazing. That was like in my top 10 of 2010. So I'll still listen to whatever. I liked it a lot too. 
I even liked the first album. It wasn't as good, but I liked it. Talking through tin cans, which is the first album was voted like Amazon. I mean, iTunes indie album of the year or something random like that. Something but, like that. Yeah, I, I liked it. It's a good album. Yeah, it's good. Uh, but Big Echo was a big step up. I think the production from uh, what's his name from Grizzly Bear, Chris Taylor, was a big help. Absolutely. Yeah, Pop Etc. is just such a baffling. You try to think like the inspiration that would come behind that move. You know, I mean, you'd think they'd have to have some sort of bigger aspirations in terms of the charts. Because it's just such a simplistically unidentifiable name. What were you going to say? It sounds like, it almost sounds cynical, like that name. Yeah. Like, well, whatever. It just sounds like they're like, ah, we got to get a name. What? Uh, I guess this is it. It sounds like a third generation, like, chill wave band name yeah. or something. Yeah, like, sort <laughs> of ironic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's just frustrating because like, the music they were making on Big Echo, for me, was kind of like beyond just pop music. It had something going for it. So for them to just to change their name to this really dull... I don't know. It's just an odd move, I guess. I can't really... It definitely it. smacks me as something that more suited to like a more electronic-based band. And if you... I don't know if any of you heard their contribution to Stereo Gum's uh, The Strokes cover album, but that was really disappointing because it was all like electronic it didn't have any of like the bossa nova stuff that um, they included on big echo so i hope they're not continuing down that path i hope they just bashed that out in one afternoon and submitted it like i think a lot of artists did that, on that album but was that track post big echo is that more recent for them yeah yeah it was just it was last summer end of last summer that's not that a good could, sign yeah that could be worrisome yeah. if that's where they've evolved to yeah um we'll did that coincide with a uh with like a, a album announcement or anything, or is that just no no album announcement? They released a free mixtape, which I haven't listened to. But oh, uh, nice. I think they said something along they're going to have an album this year or something. I can't remember. Bands doing free mixtapes certainly intriguing. <laughs> what does yeah, it even mean when a band player. does that? <laughs> right? Yeah, I mean, you got DJ drama on it. <laughs> Titus Andronicus put one out last week, and it was just B sides yeah. and demos. It's just a B sides so. collection, yeah. You gotta have DJ drops on it and stuff. I felt, I felt so ripped off, by the way, because I bought that Titus Andronicus mixtape on CD for two bucks, and then they put it online for free, like two <laughs> days later. <laughs> Those assholes, you supported them unknowingly. <laughs> um, to, how about, no, I knowingly supported them, but I unknowingly supported them when I didn't really have to. I'm just trying to think of the indie rock version of, like, mixtape shoutouts, you know? Instead of, like, gangster grills, you'd have to have, like... I don't know what you'd say. Like, I don't have a clue. I don't even know how you would do that. <laughs> it just doesn't <laughs> exist. The the morning Chase is supposed to be our mixtape aficionado, and he can't even figure it out. I mean, yeah. It's like, did you take something that belongs to, like, 2 chains and apply it to Pop, etc.? I have no idea. When Bradford, Cox, when Bradford Cox put out his bedroom databank things, he could have called those mixtapes, but he's way too self-aware to know that they're not mixtapes. We should try doing a BPM version of like an indie mixtape and just basically make the music terrible, because that's what you do with a hip-hop mixtape. You'd have to just cut it out of order and scream over it, and then there you go. <laughs> Perfect. Can we get Hot 97 to sponsor it, too? <laughs> I'm sure we could. I'll get up with DJ Drama. Wah, 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 wah. Hot 97 with the BPM squad. You just intermittently go BPM throughout the music. A <laughs> rap music. Guys, why haven't we put Chase in charge before? Um, Air France broke up. Aww. After, after nothing for, what, five years? 
Well, they put out a single last summer that was really good, actually. And and then they said they were going to put a mini album this year, and then nothing. And did you did you guys read the goodbye post they did? Yeah, yeah. It was sad, man. But they said they have seven albums worth of material. Yeah, they don't say that. Yeah, <laughs> it's like Aphex Twin did the same thing. Like, it's definitely April. When Aphex Twin broke up with himself. <laughs> <laughs> no, just last year, Aphex, Aphex Twin is like, I've got 11 albums ready, but I'm not going to put any of them out or some shit. What a fucking asshole. <laughs> like, well, I'm sure, you know, 10 of them are awful. I mean, the worst is Dr. Dre. He's recorded like 30 versions of Detox. He's not intending to release any of them. Yeah. Just, do, you, do you think we're going to hear any new material when he does Coachella? Uh, I hope so. At first, when he did it, I thought that was the beginning of the Detox hype. Supposedly, next week, there's a single dropping with Kendrick Lamar that is either a single for Detox or a single from a Lamar's album. And my money's definitely on Kendrick. But if it's for Detox, then maybe the whole process will start. I don't know. I hope he actually It's kind of, it's kind of weird, because when, when was Detox first announced, and how old was Kendrick Lamar oh at that point? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like, on Encore, you know, terrible, but it came out in 2004, and you had Eminem being like, Detox is coming, we're going to make Dre do it, and now you have, like, 2012, well, that didn't happen. This is the Duke <laughs> Nukem forever of the music industry. There are it's, a lot it's, of those. It's, it's, like, worse than Chinese democracy. I mean, it's not, but it feels that way. When was, when was that supposed to come out? Like, I don't really know Dr. What, Dre. Detox? Yeah. Detox should have dropped in 05, frankly, because then he had everyone behind him. He would have had 50 Cent, he would have had Game, he would have M when he was popular. It would have been perfect. And it's actually sad because now the sound has kind of progressed to where Dre's sound can't get on the radio, so they're kind of making him make these weird pop songs, which is why I think he doesn't want to put it out now. But he kind of shot himself in the foot because if he'd released it four years ago, he would have had no problems. Yeah. It's kind of, I mean, Avalanche is another Duke Nukem of the year. Yeah. Hey, man, at least we have Beats by Dre, right? Yeah. <laughs> Mine are broken, so no. Boy, you don't say. <laughs> yeah, right. Shocker. Who likes Air France though? They were one I of my love, favorites. I love Air France. I think that album is um incredibly remarkable no, no. and nearly no perfect. Down, you mean two? They both they have two EPs. No way down well, they're on Tradewinds. Uh they're both amazing. Sorry, not not on Tradewinds. I always forget the name of it. Yeah, no no way down's amazing. Yeah, no way down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. That, yeah, yeah, no, on trade wins is okay, but it's not great. But no way down. I don't, I don't know. know. I guess it's ten tracks. I call it an album. I guess I don't know. It's six tracks. Six I think tracks. I think you're combining both of them. In which case, yeah. I don't know. My yeah, iTunes I think, may I have think... been screwed up for the past five years. Whatever. Regardless, I like Air France. I listen. Yeah, I try to listen to it as like a whole album, and it's fucking incredible. Collapsing at your doorstep is. Yeah, that's like the best. Though. Amazing song. Let me see something here because I remember buying it. I bought it from iTunes I th- I th- years ago. I think they Maybe did. They I had, think like, they did release it combined. No, I think they did combine it and release it. Okay, sure. that's what I have. So that's why I thought it was an album. But I have something that's labeled on Tradewinds. I just haven't listened to it in forever. And that that was before the the Balearic kind of thing went sort of yeah. popular. Yeah, yeah they were way ahead of their time. It was proto Balearic, if you will. It was post proto chillway Balearic. <laughs> Frodo. Frodo Baggins. <laughs> exactly. Frodo That's where Baggins. my mind went. I'm actually not familiar with these guys, really. I mean, I've heard a few songs, but I'll have to actually listen to them in full. Yeah. It's like the most... It's like escapist Mediterranean pop. It's so lovely and beautiful. I dig it already. 
I'm just gonna keep making up genre names for these guys. <laughs> they remember that one episode we talked about like what albums we would give a perfect score to. This would be this would be one for me that I would I would give close to a perfect score to really? if I had reviewed it at the time. Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying um, to think of anything I'd give a perfect score to, other than my disastrous recovery review, <laughs> which wasn't perfect to be fair. Who, who's recovery by? <laughs> mm, that's Eminem. Oh, okay. What? Okay, Will does not know an Eminem album that I get made fun of for not listening to the new La Sera. Fuck you. I've gone on record as saying I don't know shit about hip-hop, though. Yeah, I mean, I was just hyped for it because it was Eminem when it came out, and then it became very bad to me, eventually. I really don't like it anymore. Oh, that that always sucks. Yeah, it's a bummer. I wish I could keep liking it, even though it's bad, but instead I recognize its badness. <laughs> That's better than, you know, lying to everyone and being like, no, man, I stand by that. <laughs> I stand by yeah. Great album. <laughs> we need to do a second look on that album badly. <laughs> For, forcing yourself to listen to it just so people believe that you believe that it's good. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's awful. Um, what else? We have a, a bunch of album announcements. Japan. The tallest man on earth. The tallest man on earth. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And the tallest man. He's got two great albums in a row. We can only hope he does a third. Yeah, and his EPs are great too. So. Yeah. yeah, very true. I hope he like. I I don't know what I hope for him. Like, it'd be really cool to see him evolve into, you know, what was the name of that last track on the last album? Kids on the Run. Uh, yeah, it'd be cool run. if he did like more ballady stuff, or you know, just added yeah. more instrumentation. But if he did, I a, think he's I think he's going full band on a few tracks because he did some tours. I mean, I'm interested to see what he does with that because I think he he could do some cool things. Yeah, I mean, I think he has to grow at this point. He kind of, the first two records, which are both fantastic, don't get me wrong, I love them, but I think he's kind of ridden that exact sound as far as he's going to take it. Yeah. Maybe. I, mean, I don't know. I could watch him play those songs forever. Have, you seen, have any of you guys seen him play live? I actually I haven't. I'd love to, but have not. Un- unfortunately, yes. What? Fighting words. <laughs> are we surprised? Come on. What, surprised that Eric is being dumb? That Eric no. doesn't like them. <laughs> or him. Do you, are you, will you be joking, Eric, or were you being serious? <laughs> Eric? Silence. <laughs> he More left. Silence. Eric? He's just so pissed that you guys are talking about Tallest Man on Earth that he left. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, Japandroids. Japandroids. Oh, it's good. The tracks they've released have been good. There's the brand new one, and there's what, Younger Us was a little while back. Younger, right? Us, Younger Us is like an untouchable. Song. That was last year, but it's on the new record. Yeah, great track. Yeah, Did any of you guys great. hear the the singles compilation that they put out, like 2010, of their early uh, stuff? The two early EPs, yeah, I have them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, I mean, I think that the difference between the new song and Post Nothing is kind of like the difference between Post Nothing and those singles, and that they're adding like a lot more instrumentation. The uh, Right. I'm not the, surprised, uh, but I am. Production's kind of focused, and then there's a lot more lyrics, too. In that, because yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if you've listened to no singles, but a lot of a lot of those are like one line songs, <laughs> right? That they just repeat I mean, over and over again. Talking about like darkness on the edge of Gastown and like yeah, 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 yeah. sexual aerosol and all that. Yeah, yeah, I have those. Hey guys, I like the new song. Can I get a round of applause? Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are always surprised that I listen to things that aren't rap. It's kind of funny. They're like, "Wait, you know things that aren't hip hop?" <laughs> Should I talk about currency, or oh, what do you want to talk yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Mention this currency a little bit because we, I'm trying we, to find. 
we cover currency a lot on the site, so we might as well. We do. Them. Right. So while we're sitting about, I suppose, uh, in the news right now, or you know, hip hop news, whatever, currency is suing Dame Dash, who, you know, they used to work together on Dash's label through Rock Nation and et cetera. But, uh, for whatever reason, it's actually a pretty murky situation. No one really understands what's going on. But he's suing Dame Dash for you know basically nearly $2 million because he's saying that Dash was releasing his music without his permission. And people don't necessarily know what he's talking about yet. Muscle Car Chronicles, which came out earlier this year, um, was a strange record in that it was split. It was half of currency stuff, and then there was just another record attached to it. basically came off as something that Dash was trying to market and just attaching it to currency, people would hear it. And so I, my money would be on that being the issue, that like he did that without currency's permission. But regardless, currency's suing him for a lot of money for releasing his material without permission. And then basically to add to the confusing nature of it all is Dash replied saying he didn't have a clue what was going on. He basically was saying currency's been ill-advised and he doesn't have anything. He can actually shoo me over because he had agreed for me to release this music. So basically no one knows what's going on. And they were friends up till now, so it's just kind of a random fisher in hip-hop that no one expected because currency is not really one for you know drama normally so yeah uh, you, you listened that. to that muscle car chronicles album didn't you i did and did sure. it sound like incom- incomplete or whatever like uh that wouldn't surprise me at all i mean i know that currency was behind having it released but it wouldn't surprise me because if i remember correctly it's like eight or so tracks and a lot of them are like just so short the best track on it's like under two minutes long if i remember right and it just seems to kind of cut off so like i my perspective on it is that dash probably tried to rush because uh Currency was moving labels, so my guess is that he wanted to rush getting one last release out to make money off that. But the really strange thing about it is the other record that's just attached to it. It's some random R&B artist that's just on the album. And like we had a, we had a bit of trouble when I was going to review it. I never actually did because it was just too confusing. It's like, how do you address this like other album that's attached to it? So like, imagine you buy like any you buy like an Eminem album, and then just attached to it is this random guy singing for like an hour. It's just confusing, what? you know. You wouldn't know how to react to it. It's very strange. Wait, that, wasn't that that, al- that album was like a surprise released as well, wasn't it? Um, Muscle Car Chronicles was like eternally delayed. It's one of his releases that have been sitting around forever, and then it just kind of like dropped. Yeah, you're right. It did kind of come out pretty quickly. Is that the one where he had a full band with him? I don't think so. I'm not actually really aware of that. I think uh, I don't know. The guy who produced it was Sean O'Connell, I think. But I don't know much about it in terms of uh, having a full band. I didn't did hear he, that. Did he come out with a live album? I don't know what. I'm oh, about. currency? I, no. You think? I think the full band one was that. Um, was it Covert Coup or something like that? Covert with- Coup was the one Alchemist did. That might have been it. Yeah, I don't know. You I have don't... you have Covert Coup. You have Weekend at Bernie's, and you have Pilot Talks Part One and Two. I can't talk about any of those, frankly. I don't really know. But um, yeah, I'm looking at my iTunes now, and the whole thing, and this is technically an album, is under 20 minutes long. So. It does seem pretty rushed. Like the, the, the little random thing that's attached to it is longer than the actual album. So I'm assuming that's what it's being sued over. But that's pretty much the entirety of that story. It's just strange and no one understands what's going on, which is why it's interesting, I guess. It's weird. Did you guys read about that Jack White thing today? The 3 RPM record? Isn't that the stupidest thing ever? Wait, 3 what? BPM or whatever. How is that supposed to work? I didn't hear about this. It, does, it doesn't work. It, you have to just... like rewire your record player <laughs> good lord what they're what they're like suggesting is that you like put your finger on the record player to slow it down <laughs> is the, like, the only way to play it what it's basically just impossible <laughs> wait what's the is there any like conceivable point to it 
Uh, well, it was there. It was the third anniversary of his record label, so they released all those like stupid collaborations that he was doing with like Insane Clown Posse and all that stuff. They released all of those on one album. Oh, so stuff no one's gonna buy. Anymore. It might be. It might be a new White Stripes album, but nobody will ever know. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. I guess they just wanted to outdo Zyrica, or however you pronounce that Flaming Lips. Yeah. Four disc mess. Um, in terms of that currency stuff we were talking about, do we want to mention the whole weekend? Some producer guy thinks he got ripped off because the weekend is. Yeah, I could talk about that stuff. if you want. Oh, I didn't hear about well, that. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, I, I'm not a huge weekend fan. I mean, I read all the stories about it, so Wait, I get what's going on. But what is going I, on? I, I don't. I don't... Basically, a guy who had worked with the weekend earlier in his career, specifically on the first record he released, House of Balloons, um, is saying that basically Abel ditched him, which is I'm not surprised by it because this has been coming for a long time. People have known that this happened and that they met before either of them had you know received any sort of buzz and thought that they had ideas that were similar so started collaborating and then uh abel started taking the music more and more in his own direction so the producer that's working with him said okay let's split ways you know you take these songs that we've already worked on but make sure you give me credit and then once abel started getting him you know getting famous he didn't give the guy any credit and like wasn't talking to him and you know he's been refusing to get in touch with him basically this guy gave him his sound that he started off with he's done a different thing since then to be sure but he gave him the sound that he started with and now he's giving him the cold shoulder so it's kind of lame frankly i think of abel and so yeah that's pretty much that situation i can't remember the guy's name Find out. John, J- Jeremy John, Rose. John, average-looking dude. Yeah, here you are. His name's Zodiac Jeremy Rose. Yep. He's 23. Zodiac of- Jeremy Rose? Yeah, I mean, his stage name's Zodiac. His real name is Jeremy Rose. Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought he was christened Zodiac Jeremy Rose. <laughs> Thankfully That'd be no. kind of a badass name. Yeah, he produced, he produced, here it is, he produced Loft Music, he produced The Morning, along with some others. And I love Loft Music, so if he yeah. did that beat, then he deserves some credit. Amen. We'll just run a retraction on Sean's big piece about the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like I like the weekend's music a lot, but frankly, like as a person, he kind of gets on my nerves because he essentially dragged Jack to the dream sound, and he made it more emotional and more like real. You got to give him that, but he did take an idea that was already pre-existent. Well, most artists take ideas that are pre-existent. That's I don't think true, he's ever but... claimed he's ever claimed that he was like original, has he? I um, think people just find, when find Usher... him original because. It- when Usher made uh, Climax, he tweeted at him like, God, get your own sound already, or something like that. And it was just so obnoxious because he took his sound from the dream. Like, it's yeah, not his. Pretty- He's less insufferable than the dream because he doesn't wear flat-brimmed hats and gloves. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't think he stole his sound at all. I think uh, The Weeknd draws a lot from, I mean, at least his beats draw a lot from uh, bass music and, and, and a lot of kind of early dub stuff stuff and burial and stuff like that i i get I, I get what you're saying it's like the 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 kind of the marriage of his vocals and the with with the kind of beats that he has i can see i can definitely see the comparison to dream but i think dream is way more uh like of a commercial entity than i than the weekend ever will be yeah that's valid i mean i definitely think that abel's music is very much his own like my frustration with him has kind of grown just in the way that he's treated people i guess like the things that he said to usher he said things about like new fans being lame and he only appreciates the fans that like knew who he was before he was like getting bigger it's just rude and then he said all these really obnoxious things to dream which kind of annoyed me because like you know i did see he's that. very he's very much made the music his own and i appreciate that but at the same time like you have to some extent in my opinion of course pay homage to the people who came before you and so to just completely talk shit about like all of your 
seniors. It's just, I don't know. I don't like it. That's fair. Tweeting that at Usher is kind of ridiculous. I agree. I love Climax. I think it's a great song. To like tweet something like that to someone who's made a lot more money and been a lot more successful than you. And years before you even were heard of, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah. I mean, I I completely feel the same way. But at the same but, time, I do I do credit Abel for his sound. Like he makes yeah. probably undeniably more complex music than Dream. I don't want to admit that because I like Dream, but he does make I guess better music. But I'm just saying it doesn't mean you need to be a douchebag. No, frankly, yeah. Agreed. he may be an asshole, but I'm definitely excited to see him at Coachella. Oh, I'd love to see him. I'm I'm very I'm very envious. That'll be cool. Understand your body wants it. I know your thoughts. Oh, you bout it, bout it. You're a big girl, and it's your world. And I'ma let you do it how you want. Girl, right with it, right with it. I know you know, I know you wanna go with it. Don't be shy. Shoes make you six feet tall. Everybody wants it, you can have them all. But I got what you need. Girl, I got your back. I got it all. Hold your drink, baby. Don't you? Rob, what have you been listening to? This week, I've been listening to Odd Future, the OF Tape Volume 2. I fuck this flow. This is my electronic press kit. I some fresh. Uh, which I guess is. Sort of a follow-up to the 2008 release, Radical. Was it 2008? Goblin. Anyway. Wait, no. What am I talking about? No, no, Radical. Radical came out in 2008 or 2009. Is it not a follow-up to, to the Of Tape Volume 1? Was there yeah, a Of Tape Volume 1? There was. Yeah. Oh, I completely missed <laughs> I don't know why else right. you would call this Volume 2. <laughs> Wait, what, what is right, what's Radical, then? Yeah, what's Radical? Radical's like their first thing. Skateboarding's Radical. No, because there is a release called Radical. Is it just a... Yeah, it was just like another a, tape. Is that just yeah, like it was just a... beats that they took and wrapped over? I think that's what it is. It's like not yeah. their own beats. Anyway. Alright, let's start again. Let's start again. Ask me what I've been listening to. What have you been listening to, Rob? I have been listening to the new Odd Future release, the OF Tape Volume 2, which is like a gang release. First one they've done for a while. Uh, has everyone on it some more than others unfortunately like I wish it had a bit more Mike G and a little less Tyler even though I love Tyler and I actually would defend Goblin to the end I think he's getting a bit overexposed uh, and I, and Mike G is like when I last time I saw Odd Future which was I don't know 10 11 months ago now so things might have changed but Mike G seemed like he was like he was like the star of the show I thought the others were all fucking around way too much and he was like focused and and smooth and professional and I was impressed and there's one track on here Forest Green which apparently has been out for a while but I haven't heard it before uh, it's amazing it's definitely one of the best on here I don't know what any of you guys think I haven't listened to it yet. Uh, I'm not the biggest fan of the, the tape in general I like Mike G fine I actually agree Forest Green's a good track I like Left Brain as a producer more than I like Tyler as a producer I don't know how anyone in here feels about that one way or the other. I, Boy, I, I, don't know. I think I like Tyler's kind of minimalistic style more than Left Brain. I, I, I think Left Brain's better, but 
I think the mellow hype tracks on here are terrible. I think they're some of the worst. Uh, yeah. Like that song 50 and that one where they got, they've got Taco on. It's, I mean, that one with Taco, what's it called? Uh, where are we? Uh, Real Bitch. I mean, come on. <laughs> you can just tell from the name, it's not going to be isn't that their role, though, is to kind of suck? Yeah, Yo, I mean, Taco. Real Taco and Jasper. Taco's kind of what he does to be bad. Yeah. Uh, but then the ending track, Oldie, I think that's pretty good. Uh, Frank Ocean's track, Analog 2, with Tyler and Sid, is good. Uh, a little bit jarring going from that song into 50 by Mellow High, which is like the loudest and most obnoxious song on here, whereas Analog 2 is like a, you know, Frank Ocean does what he does and it's chill. But, uh, so, I think they should have put, I don't know, I don't know what I'm saying, but yeah. It's an it's an okay release. I've heard I've heard they kind of mellowed out a little bit though, or they've grown up a little bit. Is that true? Maybe a little bit. Maybe just because Domo Genesis is on this a lot more than anything else he's been on with them. So, and he's like pretty relaxed in his style, and he's good too. He's definitely improved since yeah. uh, Rolling Papers. I mean, or, yeah, Domo's pretty uh, much their stoner rapper. So, yeah, but he's I think he's all, that now. I'm on board. Then you you had me at stoner. <laughs> Gonna go yeah, I, don't, I, th- I think it's kind of a mess as a release, which isn't necessarily like meant to be a big diss, but I definitely think it's like pretty sporadic. Like as much as they've yeah. always been kind of a sporadic collective, I think they're kind of like losing focus of how to keep them. They're they're developing their own ideas so well that it makes it hard to put them all together and to do something successful. Do you know what they I mean? Need, they need to go back. Like they're not getting any comparisons to the Wu Tang out of this one because this is a mess. Whereas Wu Tang always had, you know, with their albums, they were. Well, they always kept it simple. The Wu Tang never did anything like this, though. Yeah, yeah, they did. What do you mean? Well, they made albums all together. Is that what you mean? Oh, this isn't like an album that. all together. Yeah, because the way Wu Tang yeah, would work is you just have all the different guys come yeah, on a song. Yeah, they make a Wu Tang album. They didn't make like, yeah, uh, hey, we're Wu Tang Clan, but like, there's an ODB track. Yeah, and then here's, here's like, all our side projects together. On and then there's album. A, yeah, I guess, but I mean, I still kind of feel like a lot of these tracks are like wait 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 so, so it's, wait, it's really segregated yeah I mean there's only two or three of each of the members oh, on each track that's, yeah that's stupid it might as well I mean it is a compilation anything they've done together pretty much any time has always been a compilation but honestly they've never really put out an effort that's just all of them going nuts all the time which they, would be nice if, I wish if, they'd do that yeah if Oldie is like a because Oldie has everyone on it right yeah that's, right. that's the no, posse no, cut Oldie, Oldie does yeah I, they, I mean so, they, they haven't released the occasional posse cut I thought uh, Craig's review of the album was pretty incredible. I don't know. I just, it, if anything, it made me want to listen to Odd Future, and I can't say that anything that's been written about Odd Future in the past year or so has made me want to do that. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, that's exactly it's what been, I thought when I read it. It's been it. getting good reviews, and it. I, I haven't listened to it yet, but it. I do want to hear it eventually. I've heard good things. I do wish it was more like a Wu Tang kind of, like the way they line their shit up. Because that's always really fun. And if it's not that, it kind of sounds... Yeah, like a mess. You'll throw your W's up. I'm throwing <laughs> one up right now, man. You can't see it. This is radio. Throwing my rock up. It's going to make him mad. Um. Oh, no, you didn't. Don't over tell me. Colin, what have you been listening to? I have been listening to the debut album from Zamudo.
I guess that's how you say it. Um, it's the the new project from the guy from the books since they broke up recently. I guess. What's the album called? The album is also called Samudo. Oh, okay. <laughs> Self-titled. Um, it's. I mean, honestly, it's pretty similar to a lot of the book stuff. Just a lot. It seems a lot less sample driven. There's not the same kind of um, uh, like found sound samples that you got on a lot of the books albums. And I guess by that nature, it's more pop focused. I guess. I mean, you could say that to some degree about the last books album too. But uh, there's a couple tracks like, um, well, the. Like the lead single from it and the opening track in particular, Yay. <laughs> it's just like really, really happy, poppy stuff that, while you got it to some degree on the books albums, it's, I mean, more present here than ever before. How does it stack up against the last books album, like quality wise? Uh, I mean, it's, it's pretty solid all the way through. There's a lot of like um, weird, like vocoder auto tune stuff on it. So that oh, that's kind of. I don't, I don't, I don't know how I feel about that entirely yet. It, it, I mean, it fits to some degree, but uh, I don't know. Um, I thought the last book's album was really great. I don't know what what you guys think of that. So, I mean, in, I don't know if it's as good, but it's really solid. The last album was what? The way out, right? The way out, yeah. Okay, I mostly listen to Lemon of Pink and Thought for Food. Frankly, those are the two I really know. Yeah, Thought for Food is pretty incredible too. <laughs> I love Thought for Food for sure. Does anybody else listen to Zamuno? I actually have not. I've listened once, and I thought it sounded cool, and that's about the <laughs> only thought that I thought. Put that in the on the back of the CD. <laughs> yeah, it cool. sounded yeah. cool. <laughs> um, anything else, uh, Colin, about that or? No, the I mean I don't know if you there was this um thing a while back where uh with the the last books album where they were doing blog posts about how they made a lot of the sounds on on the way out and i i, I that's what i'm thinking listening to this album is that it would be really cool to see something similar just cuz some of the sounds are weirder just cuz i mean it sounds like they're making a lot more of or he's making a lot more of the sounds himself rather than pulling in outside samples what kind of instrumentation instrumentation is it um on like synths and uh, well, I mean, on, on Yay, the main, like, melodic line is, sounds like, it, I mean, it's, it's a, it is a chopped up vocal sample, but it sounds like something he would have recorded and taken sections out rather than, than like, like a radio recording or something. Right. That sounds cool. I need to check that out. Um, have you been listening to anything else? Uh... Uh, can I talk about the new White Fence album? Yeah, do it. All right, yeah, I, I really uh, love White Fence, which is the the name that um, Tim Pre- Tim Presley from the the Strange Boys goes under, and um, I actually reviewed his album last year called Is Growing Faith for the site, and he has. Uh, Isn't he also from Darker My Love? Yeah, yeah, Darker My Love too. Um. But instead of being like those kind of shoegazy bands, it's this like '60s like influence like guitar pop stuff, which sounds like everything out there. But it, it's especially this this new album, uh, which is the first of, I guess he's 
he's releasing two albums and then re-releasing them as a double album later this year. So the first of those two is like it's it's kind of bizarre. It's it's like a it it's sixties influence stuff, but it's almost like a guided by voices approach to songwriting and that it's a bunch of really short songs smashed together that to where it comes off as a mess, but like a mess in like the the guided by voices sense. In a good way. Yes. Damn it, Colin. Why aren't you writing that for us? That's perfect. That's exactly what it sounds like. I mean, uh, and uh, some of the tracks are really Beatlesy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like those. Those are the best ones, I think. Yeah, Revolt. it will never be. Yeah, Swagger Vets and Double Moon. Anyway, yeah, yeah. let's stop naming songs. But uh, yeah, it's impressive that he's bringing out so much music this year, and you've heard all of it, right? Uh, I haven't heard the album with Ty Seagal yet, but I've heard the the two Family Perfume albums. Yeah. Oh, and that, that song with Ty Seagal that came out this week is amazing. Oh, it's incredible. That, that album's going to be so good. I, th- I think that's better than anything on Family Perfume Volume 1, to be honest. Not to say the Family Perfume Volume 1 is bad at all. Maybe, maybe with the exception of It Will Never Be. I don't know. I, I really like that song. But yeah, that uh, I Am Not a Game is really awesome. In between the, the two of them, Ty Seagal and White Fence, they have like five albums worth of material coming out this year. It's crazy, man. Is the col- um, is the collab more Ty Seagal or more White Fences? I think it's Adam more it's, Ty Seagal. I think it was a pretty good Ty half. Yeah, half. it's somewhere in the middle. It's somehow they made it half half sound. Okay. Check it out. Check out the song that we posted this week. I can't remember what it's called. Anyone know what it's called? I need to catch up on singles, man. It's a halfy. It's a mix. It's a mixed race. It's been a good singles week this week. I just maybe not. Yeah, Monday was crazy. There was yeah, a Monday bunch of singles was, on Monday. Uh, one we didn't even mention was Simeon Mobile Disco. But anyway, we'll talk about that when the album comes out in May. Um, I want to talk was, about it now, Rob. <laughs> I was going to say, I've somehow <laughs> managed to miss White Fence like seven times this month. They uh, they played once here in LA, and then they played like five times at South by Southwest. We saw the Strange well? Boys, though. Yeah, so it, I've seen the Strange Boys twice in the time I've missed... Uh, white fence yeah, and I hate the strange I hate the strange <laughs> it's so boring uh, and then I went to this Burgerama festival on Saturday where he where he was playing and I arrived just as he was finishing because oh, I, I decided oh, to go Rob, get sushi no. <laughs> because I decided to go get sushi <laughs> that's awful that's an awful story don't but t- he's gonna be—he's gotta be back soon. Are you—are you catching him on the the Ty Seagal and White Fence tour? I don't know. Maybe when I'm—I'm I'm seeing that. I don't. Yeah, it, it's here in in New York. It's Ty Seagal, White Fence, the Strange Boys, and the Men. Jesus. How many? Wow, that's Just crazy. That'll be, re- that'll be ridiculous. Mikael Cronin will be there playing bass with Ty Seagal. I know, but if you get him, uh, you know, like that they switch doing out. his own set, yeah. yeah. All we need is like the Persian-looking dude from the OCs to be there. It'll just be like <laughs> the craziest night ever. Why specifically him? I I don't know. He's like one of the main dude that would be missing. <laughs> oh, because because like they're all in other bands. Wait, did you say these... the main dude or the Persian dude? The Persian dude. both. But I, but I asked why he's the main dude. Why he's the one Eric wants for his party. Don't you want the whole DOCs? I don't even. I don't even know what he is. I'm sorry if he's not Persian. <laughs> <laughs> he's of a darker skin than I am, but not black. So 
So everyone that fits that is Persian. You yep. you called out uh, Grizzly Bear for being Persian last week, so. No, I didn't. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, you did. I just you called said, him ugly. Said, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that one has the ugliest nose I've ever seen, and I stand by that. And he's also Persian, that's what you said. I think, you, so I think you're racist, is what, uh, is what I'm <laughs> yes, saying. I'm really xenophobic, sorry. I'm joking. <laughs> anyway, what what the fuck are we talking about? Um, <laughs> right. I can talk about the Bear in Heaven album that I've been listening to. Eric, what have you been listening to? I just said it, dummy. <laughs> well, I had to... It's a podcast, man. Yeah, that's, that's perfect. Let's just continue. Tell us about Bear in Heaven. Okay, so... Is he having a good time in heaven? So, Beast Rest Forth something it's really good now you should go listen to it it's out now um no um so the new bear in heaven um i love you it's cool which i can't decide if it's a great album name or a bad album name i think it's an awesome album name i don't know why (laughs) i love you man it's cool um, it's really good. Um, I like it. Somebody, was it you, Rob, that described it as the most futuristic album of the year? Is that you? Yeah. yeah, that was me. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's an, an apt title so far. It's very, there's kind of a lot of things going on. Like, it's a crazy, I, I, I think at least, like, it's a really crazy mishmash of sounds. Like, a lot of different, like, really, like, high speed, kind of, like, drums and, uh, and all this stuff kind of coming together on the tracks. But um, it has, like, a good rhythm to it at the same time. Like, it's very... I don't know. Like, it, it, not a lot of albums do this. Like, they, it, it kept my attention the whole way through. Um, and, yeah, I, I, I think it's a... I don't know. Be, um, Beast Rest was a really good album that I, that I enjoyed, and a lot, a lot of people did, I think. I don't know how we scored it, but I know it got, like, Best New Music, and... Um, you know, I know I got favorable reviews, but I think this is an improvement over that, which, you know, is, is hard to do sometimes. But, um, yeah, I, I think um, I think I like this album a lot. What I do too. does and, everybody uh, else think? Well, I, I like it a lot, too, which has surprised me, actually, because I didn't like Beast Rest, Fourth Mouth. Oh, you didn't? It's a, it's, it's I, a I lot like, different. I think. Yeah, I... Yeah, it's like I but it's like, but I, it's it's very different. But I, I don't know, but in a good way. Like I think it's a good improvement. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's I don't know. Did they have any albums before that? Yeah, it was called um, Red Bloom of the Boom or something like that. Yeah, which which that one is that one's almost sounds like a different band. It's like a post rock album. Yeah, because I, I yeah I thought I had heard that there was another album, but I you know I got it as as most people did around Beast Rest and. Yeah, but I, I think it's a good improvement. But anyway, Rob, what were you saying? I was just saying that I was instant. I like. I was surprised that I liked it. I was instantly hooked by the single, "The Reflection of You." Like, I think that was yeah. a great single. Yeah. Uh, and I think they did good promotion for this album actually with that uh, album stream they had. But it, what was it? Forty thousand times slowed down uh, up until <laughs> release day. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. Like, because they announced it so early. They announced it in like December. Yeah. Uh, and it wasn't it's not out until April 3rd so they did this thing where they they were like yeah you can stream the whole album now though even though it's not out till December oh wait one catch it's at 40,000 times slower than it should be couldn't you if you're really dedicated like record all that and speed it up 
But yeah, but it would be yeah, on the release yeah. day. It would, you, yeah. you would get it on the yeah. release day. Oh, really? Yeah. They, yeah. they, they played amazing. it down to the yeah, they slow it down to the perfect amount so that it ends on the release date. So, I mean, you can go still listen to it right now because it's not out until next Tuesday. So, if you want to catch the, uh, the the final few seconds, slow down 40,000 it's, times. It's like Fair that, enough. um, the, the Justin Bieber track that people slowed down. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was actually really good. It sounded like Cigarettes. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's like exactly like that. Oh, that's what Cigarettes sounds Have like? Have you heard that, <laughs> that Jurassic Park uh, slow down thing? So yeah, I was actually just about to mention. It sounds like stars on the stars of the lid. It's so sick. Nice. Yeah. Like yeah um, Colin, have you have you heard the Baron Heaven album, Colin? Yeah, it's pretty awesome. I, I mean, it. Uh, I don't really know how to describe the difference because I was gonna say it's like more spacious sounding, but they, if anything, they put like they filled up all the like the empty like danceable spaces of Beast Dress Fourth Mouth, but still, it, it feels like it like. Rob used the word floaty earlier, and I guess I would use that for this album to some degree, too. There's a there's a lot going on, but it doesn't feel cramped, which is right, a hard right. balance sometimes, you know? I think they have a really interesting approach to songwriting. Like, a very... It's like pop, but it's not... It's um, very kind of... It's very kind of structured, in a way that reminds me almost of, like, Caribou. And, and it's, like, very meticulous kind of pop rock kind of thing you know yeah, i was gonna say that i was i didn't really know about anything about baron heaven even after listening to this album until me and will will and i went to see them at south by southwest on our first night and i didn't realize there's only three guys in this band because they get a lot done for three guys yeah i, it's really, <laughs> I was like shocked yeah the, yeah the singers the singers very busy on stage <laughs> he's dancing a lot too man that guy can dance if uh, if you want to go see a guy who's awesome at dancing, go see Baron Heaven. Does he still have the awesome mustache too? No. Uh, the bassist has, has a mustache, doesn't he? But, I don't yeah, know. I I, so. I, saw, I saw him like two years ago, so or yeah. like right after Beast Dress Fourth Mouth. Yeah, I, I saw him a few months ago here in in Portland. I mean, to me, it's like if Can um, became like, was like Can into if you bring Can into anything, suddenly serious. <laughs> no, I mean the influence is like right there, like the drumming, yeah, and the. Uh, but uh, it's like if Cam, a uh, Can, like sort of, I don't know, for this album in particular, it's like they added, you know, eighty cents to that sort of sense of songwriting to me. I, I, I love how they've kind of filtered crot rock into this very indie context without sort of coming off as antiquated or. or Wait, Will, did you like? Did you like Beast Rest Fourth Mouth? Yeah, I love Beast Rest for now. And you, and you knew it before this album? Yeah. Okay. And this, yeah, I don't know. I, I actually haven't gone back to that in a really long time, so I can't. Oh, man. Just turn on You Do You. That's, oh, I love that song. And Love Sick Teenagers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when they definitely played some tracks from that album at the show, and, and it didn't, you know, it wasn't like a hard swing or anything. Like, they still... I mean, I don't know. To me, my favorite thing about this band is just the drumming. It's so fucking awesome. And, yeah. you know, they ne- they rarely hit a snare, which is, is so cool for a pop band or a, or a, an indie rock band, I guess. It's, yeah. Yeah, I think it's... Yeah, I think it's a very good album. When's it up? Next week? Yeah, April 3rd. April 3rd. Uh, Chase. Chase, what are you going to listen Uh-oh. to? I have been listening to a decent amount of stuff. I've been listening to the new Reaction Bronson mixtape, which is Blue Chips. That's pretty good. People are probably wait, know wait, about that Did one. you see his interview with Nardwa? Or Nardwa no. I saw him perform at, S, you know, at SXSW. But, or whatever. Hey, check out Nardwa versus Action Bronson. It's awesome. Anyway, continue. 
Yeah, I'll check it out. I saw I, I've, been, I've been listening to that. Let's see what I, I've been listening to. Yeah, any of you guys know Hassani Quest? No. Sonic Quest? Hassani Quest, yeah. He's kind of like Quest, like K-W-E-S-S. He's just like an upcoming rapper. His mixtape, Ruthless, he's just a recent guy that I've been kind of following. He might be one of the next hyped ones. We'll see See how far he goes. But that's one. I, huh? like, that, I like that name a lot. <laughs> yeah. Anything you that references to it. Johnny Quest, I'm into. <laughs> but yeah, um... I think you do. You guys should check that out. It's free online. I listened to Little B's Godfather mixtape, of course. You have to be doing that. And then the new Obi Trice. Nothing like 90 minutes long. Yeah. I mean, Little B is a confusing human being. I don't know how he does what he does. Speaking he of so much music, it's 34 I, I know songs. We're, I know we're done with news, but he's giving some sort of speech at NYU. Oh, yeah. At NYU. I know. Yeah. He's freaking crazy. He's talking about how, like, I don't know. He's talking about it on Twitter, saying how, like, you have to be him to, like, see the changes in the world. That guy just has the strangest presentation of his... I'm pretty sure he's just he Carl. Does. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I definitely think it's... I think it's self-aware. I don't think he's really into his own crusade. But, yeah, he's released, like, three mixtapes this year already. So that's impressive, if nothing else. Um, but, yeah, The New God's Father, which is, like, 30 tracks and, like, yeah, 90 minutes long or something ridiculous. And then I've also been listening to Quakers. Which I know at least someone else has been listening to here. Hell yeah. Yeah, that is a good record. Is anyone else heard other than Rob and I? No, I really want to though. Rob's been talking it up like crazy. It's real good. Real, real good. But yeah, that's I don't know, interesting album. I don't should I talk about that one, I suppose, yeah. Rob? Or... Yeah. Okay. Quakers is basically this effort from Jeff Barrow from Portishead and the engineer, Stuart, I'm blanking on his name, um, and then Crisis, who's a producer from Australia that they hooked up with. And basically, they came together to work on this collective <laughs> called Quakers, which is this obnoxiously audacious 41-track rap album. And it all just works perfectly. Like, I wouldn't even have really thought that it would. Even though I'm a huge Portishead fan, I didn't think it would have turned out as well as it did. I thought it would, you know, be a relatively good indie attempt at hip-hop. But instead, it just kind of really works as this shout-out back to 90s hip-hop. And it feels kind of like you're flipping through stations, like on an old-school, non-existent 90s channel, and, like, going through all these rap songs that never existed. It's just a fantastic album. Isn't, isn't there, a like, a... Rob, what's the or anyone who's what's the concept behind this? Isn't didn't they like do a call out for rappers to? Yeah, yeah it's essentially. Like, sorry, go ahead. Didn't didn't they post the tracks online and then anyone could come along and rap over them? That's yeah, pretty pretty much more or less. Like it's a collective in their minds, meaning that everyone who worked on it is supposedly part of the collective. And you have you know the most random assortment of rappers. You have Guilty Simpson and people like that from Detroit. What? Bad Cat. Yeah, you have Guilty Simpson. Oh, Bad Cat. I don't know. You got. Dead Prez I told on you it. to listen to it like three times, Eric. <laughs> oh, Dead Prez on it? Yeah, Aloe Black, Prince Poe. Like, it's it's pretty great stuff. And uh, every song is more or less two minutes long, so you never get tired of anything. It's just like, here's the next one, here's the next one. And it, you think that would like take away from it, but instead it just keeps it so fresh and so interesting. And the whole record just works so uh, like incredibly well for a 41-track thing. I was just blown away with how well it actually works. It, it all flows together as well seamlessly. So like an yeah. hour, an, an hour and five minutes or whatever it is, like goes by so fast. Yeah, it's really quite astonishing, frankly. I think it's pr- 
potentially the best album released this year. I'll go ahead and say it, at least thus far. I mean, I'm biased to hip-hop in case people haven't noticed, but this year thus far hasn't really interested me that much musically. I think it's been kind of tame. That's fair. So. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, I kind of think of Stone's Throw as one label that still has like a, a sound, like you can be loyal to Stone's Throw and know oh, what kind of music you get. Yeah. Yeah, so so this one's Alan Stone's story, which tells you a lot about the sound, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah, that's that's kinda what I thought of is like that, yeah. you know, how MF Doom albums were sequenced kinda that way, where they just one track to the next. Yeah. Yeah. It's very much like that. That's awesome. Yeah, it's good stuff. It's isn't surprisingly good stuff. Not that I didn't expect something good, but it's even better than you would think. Did you hear the same song? They, you know, they released a single lyric with it sampled Radiohead. Have you heard that one? I haven't. Whoa. Alright. But it's, uh, it doesn't sample. Yeah, it's out. It's, it's let's just pump the brakes here, guys. It, it samples. It samples a uh, marching band cover of Radiohead. Well, I yeah, I guess I don't know. I can basically think of anything as a sample as a sample. I guess that's not really accurate. Yeah, I mean, it's not taken from like the Kid A version of the song. Right. Anyway, yeah, but yeah. Well, they take inspiration from. <laughs> yeah. Is uh, Tom York on it? That's no, the question. Not on it, which is good for Eric because Eric hates everything that Tom York said. Really? Well, this could <laughs> no, be a whole didn't. other hour right here. Well, you've obviously never listened to the podcast. <laughs> yeah, Oops. Eric. Eric doesn't like Radiohead. Really? Yeah, huh. you guys. But I love, I love the Flaming Lips. Also, doesn't like the Flaming like Lips. The also, doesn't like the album I've been listening to. Well, I don't know if he's listened to it, but um. I've been listening to, actually, sorry. Anything else on the uh, Quakers album? Um, no. Let's see. Other than that, I've just been listening to the new Wiz Khalifa mixtape. Not really have much to say about that. It's kind of suppose people thought it was going to be him going back to the whole cushion orange juice level of hype, and to me, it's not that good. But a lot of the hipsters are liking it, so I guess we'll see. Hipsters liking Wiz Khalifa? Yeah, I mean, uh, back with Cushion Orange Juice, he was all the rage, as you guys may or may not recall. Yeah, man, Cushion Orange Juice. Oh, <laughs> and then, yeah. And then as soon as he was making Black and Yellow, everybody hated him. But uh, he made this this mixtape, Taylor Aladici, or whatever the fuck you're supposed to pronounce it. And, um, it's supposedly taking him back. It's got Juicy J all over it, which is pretty much the thing I like about it the most. <laughs> but other than that, it's not that notable. I don't really get why people like him. Thanks for convincing me to... Listen to the Quakers album. Yeah, it's good stuff. You'll like it. Um, so I've been listening to Chromatic's new, Chromatic's new album, uh, Kill for Love. Which, I'll, Don't go, say it. I'll go ahead and say is probably my favorite album this year. <laughs> by- I'm pretty sure you say that about every album. Are you not going to qualify? The next, the, ne- the next one is is always the the best one. Yeah, exactly. I mean, last week it was. I mean, two two of my favorite albums have come out like within a week. Of last each other. last week we had your favorite minimal techno album, if I recall. I can't remember. Was that enough qualification? That's not was my favorite like- album of the week. That was just my favorite <laughs> in that. Genre. You guys, this is definitely the best chromatics album of the year. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's. Uh, I don't know. It's amazing. Like it's a double album. It's their first album in five years. Um, they kind of, or not, I guess you should say Johnny Jewel and Nat Walker started the, and I forget the singer's name, but she was on it too. Um, they started the year off really strong with uh, Symmetry, which was kind of like the uh, alternative soundtrack to Drive, if you will. Um, and 
you know, it, it's that. Has anybody heard that yet? <laughs> I got, I yeah, I, like, I've heard it. Okay. It was the good. Drive soundtrack? No, no, the fake drive soundtrack. Okay. Yeah. He I was like, heard it. like Johnny Jewel did the real drive soundtrack too, didn't he? Right. No. I have the real one. Cliff Martinez did, but he. Uh, but Desire... they, there were chromatic songs on it or something? I, I thought there was some chromatic connection there. Yeah. I think there is He's, one chromatic song on it. There's a chromatic song and there's a Desire song, which is Johnny Jewel. And, um. Yeah, so, I mean, he was a big part of it, because he was supposed to do the Drive soundtrack, but he, it just fell through, and then he continued on um, working on what he was working on for the soundtrack, and just put out an album called Symmetry, which is kind of this two and a half hour, uh, you know, album of songs that came from those sessions. And uh, and then now, on Monday, uh, they released, the Chromatics released the... Uh, um, Kill for Love, which has been kind of... It's been delayed, like, four times, I think. I don't know. And the the singles for it have been coming out steadily over YouTube. So it's... I guess it's pretty highly anticipated. And even though I, I really love that Symmetry album, I guess... I don't know. I just wasn't anticipating... I just hadn't really worked my expectations up that high. And so... Hearing, thi- hearing this on uh, Monday night, I think it was, just kind of blew, blew me away, really. It's It's fucking phenomenal pop album and just so it's so i don't know just so well produced um just so well written i don't know what who, who else has listened to it i have i really love it too i think i already mentioned to you on twitter we talked about the similarities to uh hurry up we're dreaming which... yeah i do love that album i mean i i've thought about that a little bit and i think you know it's because M83 has some of the similar, like, ambient kind of synth wizard influences, like Brian Eno and uh, Vangelis and stuff, which is definitely an influence here, which is, which is I think is really cool about it, and it's really cool about M83, is because, you know, they're working in this realm of synth pop that is kind of influenced less by actual synth, like, 80s synth pop, and more by ambient music, and then kind of putting that into a, into a synth pop context. And, 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 uh, and then, of course, you know, Tallow Disco, so... There's a ton of like palm muted guitar on it, and just I don't know. I love the drum, the drum programming on on this album is fucking phenomenal, and yeah, it, it it really reminded me of Symmetry in a way. It has its own kind of story to it, and and it's a it's an hour and a half long, so it's not you know a quick listen, and it really has a has a kind of cinematic um, experience built into it, which I think they tried to do with their last album, which came out in 2007, uh, Night, Night Drive. Drive. But I, I, I didn't feel like it was realized well enough. The the ambient stuff sort of sounded kind of like cast off interludes and and um, here they do the same thing, but it, it really really works in kind of making this uh, a whole kind of atmospheric experience, which I think is pretty f- unbelievable. And it works on that level, and it and also has just amazing singles like "Kill for Love" is a spectacular song, and. Uh, um, it has a ton of just spectacular, you know, one-off songs. Those, these streets will never look the same. Uh, Lady, the page. Candy, yeah, the page. A matter of time at your door. It's just all the river, and actually the river, which is the second last track. That there was an ambient version of that track on the Symmetry album, so there's sort of a weird connection between those two, which I I kind of like in a a nerdy kind of inside baseball way. But um, yeah. I don't know, man. It's just such an it's place to all my loves of, of music. So I love it. Anyway, I, I think 
I think one of the reasons I ended up liking it so much was just because I, I really liked the style of, of Night Drive, but like you were saying, it wasn't fully realized. So exactly. for this album, so for this album to like be what it is, it's just, it just seems like it's fulfilling everything that that, that album promised. <laughs> and like we were talking about on Twitter, it, it, it kind of it's bigger. It soar it soars at moments too, which is kind of the other thing that you connected to uh, M eighty three and yeah. Is you know, "Kill for Love" is, love is a is a kind of a soaring song. I mean, I, I there there always been like the perfect amount of understatement to them, but this album definitely you know beefs it up from "Night Drive," which I think is awesome. So go what about listen. the what about the Neil Young cover that leads off the album? What do you think about that? I don't know what I think. I I kind of love it now. Like I at first I was like, what? Why are they? Like, why is this on here? But they. I I sort of love. I mean, I love that song. It just yeah, yeah, it's really it. awesome. I mean, and on on the last record, they had the Kate Bush cover. Yeah, which was also phenomenal. Yeah, um, I mean, it's interesting that they're. I mean, you. I, I mean, you see a lot of indie bands like do covers live, but there aren't really very many that are like releasing them on official albums on a regular basis. <laughs> yeah, I, I I've actually thought of that too. It's it's a it's you don't see that very often and. I think it's sort of it's sort of cool to put you know a song that you, because I, I think the way the chromatics work and this is sort of my own interpretation is they kind of recontextualize these songs into their own sort of story or whatever. Because I think Night Drive sort of had a story that Running Up That Hill kind of fit into, and then and then the, the themes of Into the Black Out of the Blue sort of fit into this sort of story. So I think that's a really cool way to use a cover. It's not just some random way to start the album. I mean, would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. Okay. Not crazy then, but yeah, that cover is great. I love when the uh, the guitar, kind of you know the main guitar melody um, that's you know famous, kind of cuts out and they just leave the synths on their own. It's, it's such a cool moment, and uh, yeah, and I think like even the ambient tracks, which you know I never, I I, I really like the ambient stuff on um, Symmetry, but on Night Drive I wasn't so taken with it. But I think you know there's the 14 minute closer, No Escape, which I think is excellent and. A lot of the kind of um, third or the final third of it is I, I like a lot of the ambient stuff there too. So can't say enough about it. I fucking love this album. I think Rob has kind of a different opinion than us. No, it's it's great. I know it's a really really good album. It's just way too long, way too long. I I mean I don't know. I I I kind of like that about I kind of like that about symmetry. I kind of like that about this. It it forces you to kind of sit and listen, which which kind of goes back to our discussion last week about how, you know, disposable music is disposable music, and I don't, and I think a lot of people are willing to just listen to these singles, <coughs> and then shrug, yeah. shrug the chromatics off, but I think since the album is so long but and it works... I think the, sing- the singles are the best songs, though. But I think... I think I, I don't like, like, there's a lot of seven, eight, or longer minute tracks, and I don't think any of them are really that good i don't think any of them ju- justify their length i think if you cut out all of those you've got a really great album no what about uh, these streets will never look the same that's almost nine minutes and that's like probably my favorite song on there i don't know i mean i need to listen to it more definitely it's it's a big album it's a lot to consume i mean i've only managed to get through it a couple of times so i'm still new to it personally um also you guys were just talking about the into the black cover that it was so random to me because the day before I heard the album, I just bought um, uh, the Neil Young album with it on. What the fuck's it called? Russ Never Sleeps. Oh, nice. I just bought that on vinyl the day before and had been listening to and it. You a didn't bunch know? And then all- no, I didn't know. Oh my god, that's awesome. 
the the thing I'll say to your early point that it, it's too long is or that you need to listen that you you said yourself you, you need to listen to it more is like yeah I think before you you shrug it off as because I I've seen a lot of people say it's too long and I and I think before you kind of you know write it off as too long I, I'd say give it you know a few listens and if it doesn't click after that if it still feels too long then you know that's one thing yeah but, I mean I'm I'm definitely gonna listen to it some more and I'm excited to listen to it more because I feel like it is an album that probably has a lot of hidden you know hidden things to like about it if you just yeah. get into it so. The thing that that strikes me about the length is, I mean, being an hour and a half, it's it's like film length, and I mean, I I don't know, I consider film a more like immersive experience. When you when you do when you watch it when you watch a film, it's like all your attention is devoted to. Whereas with music, you can end up doing other things. So maybe it's it, it kind of creates a mood and is an immersive experience in the way that a film would be. I think that's yeah, and that's exactly the the kind of positive thing about symmetry. Which you haven't heard that yet, right? I haven't. No, definitely check definitely that check out. Definitely check it out. Because yeah. that, I mean, that's two and a half hours, so it's even more of a, it's it, it it's even more it has even more of a you know a film quality to it, and you do have to listen to it in one sort of go to to sort of take it all in, and uh, as you would a movie, and you know that could that could be construed as a drawback, and for that you know you can't listen to two and a half hours of music every day so it's kind of its own thing but i think here yeah you're definitely right and i think that's what's cool that's what it kind of shares with that symmetry album and something i really love about um chromatics and and i i one thing i said on twitter is like i can't believe um italians do it better which is uh the label that this is put out on it's still kind of this blog spot only like boutique like i feel like they've gotten really big with like the drive soundtrack and and this, I don't know, that, that's concerning to me. Another thing that, that I was thinking about when I first listened to this album is uh, just, I guess, I, I'm always fascinated with, like, listening patterns and stuff like that. And there's so few records that, like, when I hear them for a first time, I'll start it right back over when I get to the end. And I did that with this one. It's, I mean, did, can anybody else remember, like, the last record they did that with? This one. Yeah, I did that too. Uh, I've done that a couple, I've actually listened to this album like three times in a row, and, and it, yeah, it has, it's so, it's, I think that's kind of, it plays to the length of it, it's so long that when you get to the end, you kind of forget what the beginning sounded like, or what it felt like, and you kind of want to revisit that. Where's the split between the first and the second disc? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I mean, this is, this is an iTunes only album right now, so... Well, there I, isn't one. I, where would you put it? I'd probably put it um, at Candy, after Candy. But the 14-minute track kind of... Yeah. Maybe the 11th hour would be the last one on the first side. I think that's where I'd put it. Anyway, something for Chromatics fans to argue about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they're going to they're gonna release a double album uh, soon. and That's kind of... Like, I really want to... Get, I really want that double album. I, that's kind of why I brought up that earlier. Is you know they're still a boutique label, so they have, they don't have a lot of resources. So I hope this. Who's it on? Uh, Italians uh, do it better. Yeah, which is kind of oh the good old blog spot. Yeah, they have, they have just a blog spot right now. So, um, which is yeah. Anyway, but yeah, I don't know. This this album is fucking phenomenal, and I think. It, what um, Colin has said about it being immersive and, and a film experience is something I really like about Johnny Jewel's 
kind of sensibility in, in this album. I think the length actually plays to, you know, what we were saying about starting it over again and, uh, and kind of like being in, being within a story or, or an immersed kind of experience, which I, I fucking love about this. One of my favorite things about music. So I love it. I love it. I love it. All right. All right. Eric, I love it. I love it. It's cool. I love you or whatever that album's called. I I love love you. you. It's It's cool. cool. Yeah, this is a joke. Wait, so you don't, you don't really, you don't really hate chromatics, do you? You just don't. No, I. This is one of those things. Um, I don't. It's it's one of those things where I don't know if you guys ever have this, where like an album, you're just hearing way too much about it, and you kind of just need to like step back and like absolutely and hear a little bit later. That's exactly how this album is for me. Like, there's just been this crazy onslaught of like everybody on my Twitter feed and like everybody else I talk to listens to music in the past week. Just been like chromatics this, chromatics that. I'm well, sure it's a it makes sense because it it came out of nowhere. I mean, like the, it's been I announced. Re- I didn't realize they were such a big deal. Though. Like, yeah, they- that's that's what I mean. It was just like it was just so much at once. I kind of just need to like step back and be like, all right, I'll hear this record eventually, but not right now. Well, I guess my question, because don't you like Italo disco? Yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. I do. I I don't know why space on the fact that it was on uh, Italians do it better. Because yeah, um, they're like the- I'm on like their little like newsletter and stuff. I guess I just never. I probably just didn't read it or haven't gotten to it yet or something weird. I don't know. But, uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I mean, I'll, I'll hear it. It's just, it's just one of those things where I just need to like step back for a minute, you know? Yeah. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Anyway. Uh, so I think we, we gotta, we gotta go. Everybody's gotta go. Um, so thanks for, thanks for coming, Chase and Colin. Yeah. Anytime. We'll have you back soon. Yeah, do it. All right. Later guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.